Gridbox Media Programming is brought to you by Jack Kane Ford. Find your next Ford Tough vehicle at KaneFord.com. Woodhill Community Center. Have a hand in the heart of the city. Support their mission with your donations at WoodhillCommunityCenter.org. Toyota in Nicholasville Superstore. Online consultants are standing by right now to help you find your next Toyota. Visit ToyotaOnNicholasville.com. Lexus of Lexington, home of the best-selling Lexus IS. Find yours today at LexusOfLexington.com. Introducing the redesigned CatholicSingles.com, featuring new ways that put the spotlight on the person and their faith, not just a profile picture. For the past 20 years, faithful Catholics have used CatholicSingles.com, and the reimagined CatholicSingles.com website is ready to help single Catholics take the next step in sharing meaningful relationships with other faithful Catholics. Remember, CatholicSingles.com, for faith, fellowship, and love. Awakening the faithful, reaching the lost, and making church matter. Welcome to the Rebuilt Podcast. If you love your parish, listen to this podcast. Hey, everyone. This is Kelly Lippenholtz joining you for the Rebuilt Podcast. I'll be your host today, and I'm joined by Tom Corcoran. Last time Tom and I were together, there was a lot of talk about the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> Tom, are you are you over it or you still want to talk about it a little bit? No, I'll, it might slip its way into the conversation. <laughs> okay. Sorry. I mean, we got Villanova basketball now. Yeah, Villanova yeah. won the national championship so uh, this past week. So, so it might slip Maybe you in can somehow. slip that in. Yeah. yeah. It's a good year for Philadelphia sports, huh? It is. I don't think anybody else is repeating. So this will probably be it for you, Kelly. You don't have to worry it. about coming back. The Phillies certainly are not going <laughs> to the World Series. I think okay. the Flyers and Sixers are they're, they're decent, but they're not. They're all making right. the playoffs, but I don't think it's they're going okay. anywhere. I mean, I like sports. <laughs> I just don't want to hear about it all the time. You know. Sorry. It's, look, when you waited your whole life, 44 know, years to see Tom. the Eagles win a Super Bowl, you just, you got to have to. Congratulations. <laughs> Once again. I know you can't hear it enough. Thanks. <laughs> so today on the Rebuilt Podcast, we're going to be talking about our core strategies as a church. So we're taking it back to, back to the basics. Which I realized we kind of needed to, a, a few conversations recently, which... I've realized we just got to keep coming back to this and repeating this because yeah. it's all in my head. I know it totally, but mm-hmm. even... Yeah, but you wrote the book. Right. <laughs> if, I, if you don't mind, I'm sorry. Maybe this is throwing you under the bus, so you can apologize. It like, probably is. Okay. <laughs> you just like... So I just mentioned, let's talk about the core strategy. She's like, yeah. yeah, can you refresh my memory yeah. on that? And that's actually not you. That's that's us. We have to be... Yeah. You think as a leader, you've communicated something over and over and over again because yep. it's in your head, but vision I mean, leaks. as soon as you say them, I know them, but I'm not... I, I don't recognize them as the core strategies, I guess. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. um, somebody asked me this morning what are you doing the podcast on? And I said, Oh, the core strategies. And they said, what are they? Another person on staff. Right. And then he started guessing all these different things, man. <laughs> they so, were all wrong. <laughs> so uh, yeah, obviously we, we call them kind of strategic anchors for yeah. us. And we do it the staff day when we come in May, May. Yep. We we'll always remind repeat our them. Staff. So, yep. but just bears repeating. So, I mean, if, if, if staff members still need to hear it again, I'm guessing People listening to this podcast yeah. can hear it again. And even in other meetings, we talked about, you know, our RPA, our, our, our efforts as a teaching church to help other churches. And someone else was like, yeah, I don't think you guys have been really clear on that. So interesting. Hence the yeah. birth of this podcast. Okay, so. great. So let's, let's get to it then. Um, 
are you going to tell us the three strategies up front? <laughs> well, let's, I mean, before we get to them, um, <laughs> let's just, you know, we have the, kind of in our notes here, church is simple, but not easy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's our, our contention. And I, I love it when people come to work for a church that have been in the business world and they mm-hmm. think it's going to be so easy. Right. Um, you know, a guy that did our operations for a while there. I remember I just, it was my favorite part when he was here about, he was here like six weeks, like, yeah, this is a lot harder than I thought. <laughs> and yeah. I, I mean, he was a guy who did really well in business and, um, you know, his name is Mitch Crook, Brian Crook's father. And I just remember Mitch saying that and I just, it felt good. Right. Um, yeah. Church. So none of this stuff is rocket science. It's not complicated, but it's, although there's nuances and there's, there's drilling down and getting better at it, but it's simple, but not easy. And that's kind of our contention. One of our right. values here is simple. Right. We're not but that we, smart. A lot of churches and including us have made it difficult. Well, not difficult. What's the opposite of simple? Well, um, complicated. Complicated for a long time with yes. lots of events and free dinner and, you know, and just all sorts of different ideas that we thought people yeah. wanted. Yeah. And the older a church is, the more just stuff gets layered on top. Yeah. And then we forget. Right. It gets so complexified. Yeah that we forget what we're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, um, I, and again, I think the more, I guess the reason to do this, the more I go along, <laughs> yeah. the longer I do this, I'm mm-hmm. like, you just have to keep coming back to the basics and the simple. I, yeah. I it, you know, I, I, the, Vince Lombardi, great. I mean, we have referenced this before. Incredible coach would start, you know, would, would say, this is a football, you know, yeah. <laughs> sorry to get back to sports or <laughs> John okay. Wooden in, in basketball, Every year, with you know, legendary coach at UCLA would teach the kids how to tie their shoes the first practice. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so basics. Um, it works. We just got to keep coming yeah. back to them. Yeah. So anyway. Okay. Now, and these things we're going to talk about are three things that we discovered kind of in a process of growing as a church that, mm-hmm. you know, we started five years. We kind of talk about our story in three fives. The first five years was we realized we had no idea what we were doing, that mm-hmm. we were working really hard and getting nowhere. Mm-hmm. The second five years was kind of learning from other churches. And the third five years was implementing. implementing and then that's, and yeah. it's a neat way to say it. It's not that s- simple. Of course. But yeah. I'd say that um, these were kind of, as we looked on hindsight and what we had employed and what we had done and what we learned from the churches, these were the three things we learned, these three core strategies that this is what successful churches do. Okay. So you want to start on this? Sure. <laughs> so, uh, number one, we just say you got to focus on outsiders. Yeah. And this one, this one is so interesting. You know, I, my parents go, they are devout Catholics and they um, do not go to this church because they don't live around here, but they, I mean, they go to church every Sunday. Right. They go to confession every weekend. They're devout Catholics. They go to confession every weekend. Oh, yeah. I don't even mm. know what they could possibly do wrong. They're my parents. <laughs> they're, they're perfect. But um, no, they do. That's they're... a nice way to look at them. Yeah, I know. Um, I hope my kids think that about me one day. My kids do not think that about me. That's all right. <laughs> That's probably good, though. Yeah. You're yeah. real. So anyway, my mom struggles with this one so much. Why would you focus on the outsiders? We're the insiders. What about us? What do we get? So this is this is an mm, interesting one. What do we get? Yeah, right? The consumer. Yeah. The consumer mentality. Yeah, and I mean that's why you got you got to focus on outsiders because the natural pull and this might be getting ahead is insular. We will focus on ourselves. Um uh, we got to think about church from the unchurched person's perspective and that's incredibly difficult for us because we're insiders. Right. Um, but if we don't do this, 
we're not going to grow as a church. The way you grow is by reaching people that aren't coming to church, right? You know, if right. you want to grow a business, you want to grow a market, businesses understand mm-hmm. we either got to steal other people's customers right. or we got to reach or people that aren't using the customers. product what, whatsoever. Yeah. Obviously as a church, we're not trying to steal from other churches. That's yeah. not our goal. No. We want to, we want to reach people that are currently not using the church product, so right. to speak. So, yeah. so that's the first one. And we're going to get deeper into each of these, and then we're going to come back in other podcasts and get real deep okay. in all these. So. All right, great. So the second one is to create a great weekend experience. Right. So for us, that simply means the weekend masses and the program surrounding the mass. Mm-hmm. That's simple. So for us, That's simple. Um, so the, the Sunday, the mass is the source and the summit of our faith. Uh, but the weekend experience is when most people go to mass. Again, right. um, for 80%, 90% of your church, whatever they experience on the weekend is the church. The church, right. That's so, all they know. Mm-hmm. Or that's all they have to base it off of. You, now, you and I, we work on a staff. We know everything else that's going on Monday to Friday. If you're a major volunteer, you know all the other mm-hmm. programs and things the church does and funerals and right. baptisms and, you know, right. bingos or whatever yeah. else is going on. Well, we can get yeah. to that later. <laughs> right. But you, you got to focus on, uh, you got to create a great weekend experience because that's the engine that makes the parish grow. Right. Uh, in our book, we say it's about the weekend stupid. Um, and don't be offended. We kind of say we're the stupid. Um, right. But uh, it's so obvious we miss it often as parishes. Yeah. And, and yeah. Well, there's so many other demands for, for things to do that are happening outside of the weekend and so many other directions where we can take our energy. And we'll get to that a little bit later. Right. And so just on the week, it's the weekend stupid. That's obviously James Carville in the 92 election said, um, you know, he came up with that for Clinton's campaign. It's about the economy, stupid. And whether whoever you voted for in that election, whatever you think, the reality is here we are, 92. How many years ago? It was 92. That's scary. Mm-hmm. How many years? That was... Uh, 30. <laughs> 26, right? <laughs> 26 years ago. And we can still repeat that. And yeah. if you were voting in that election, you remember that. It, it was a very sticky statement, mm-hmm. right? It's the economy, stupid. And then Ed Young is the one we actually got this about the weekend, stupid. He's actually the one that took it. He... Um, he has. He said that all the time. He's a pastor at Fellowship Church, and okay. Father Michael's got that framed on his desk. <laughs> and he had Ed Young sign his book, and he told him to write. It's about the weekend, stupid. <laughs> Michael ripped that out, put it in a frame, and that's on his desk. So. All right, good reminder. So, yeah. All right, and so our third core strategy is that we would challenge church people with a clear discipleship path. Yeah. So again, the, this goes back to what's the point of the church? We kind of skipped over that, but. Going back to basics, the yeah. church exists in order to make disciples of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. That's why to turn irreligious people into fully devoted followers of Christ. Irreligious people, that's the people who are unchurched people, make them fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So um, at some point, obviously, we're not just getting them in the church, so we have numbers and they're at church. Right, right. But, so they're growing as followers of Jesus Christ. You know, North Point says deeper and wider, you know, wider reach on people, unchurched people, deeper take them on a clear discipleship path. Right. The important thing is the, so first of all, challenge church people. Again, we can get to more of this in a second, but yep. that so much of what we said in our story that was wrong is that we, th- we were trying to, we were teaching, treating the people as religious consumers, uh-huh. like your mom. Sorry. Yep. <laughs> that Sorry, we mom. needed. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't listen to this. Does she? We're in trouble <laughs> or you're in trouble. I don't know your mom that well. So, um, uh, but you know, we, we thought of them as religious consumers, we're supposed to give them stuff to do at church versus challenging them to take ownership of their faith 
and ownership of the mission to go and make, and make disciples. disciples. So, and if you looked at, and we had to be clear about mm-hmm. this. Yeah. The problem again for as often as leaders on us, on us, we're not clear. What do you want right. people to do? Right. If someone said, I, I, I want to serve here. I want to do something here. What do you want them to do? Right. You know, I have somebody who reached out to me and I'm meeting with them because meeting with them today, they said, well, I'm, a, I'm a, they were Orthodox Catholic and they have this whole story and they think they're very special. Oh. Not, everyone's special. <laughs> Sorry. But I, I'm kind of like, they I'm going to, they're extra special. And, and, and if anyone wants to meet with me, I'm going to meet with them. But what I'm going to tell this person that I'm meeting with today is, all right, serve in a ministry. Yeah. Well, well, our steps, I won't, we won't go into them, yeah, but I'm yeah. just going to go back to, you should start. Yeah. What's he, my spiritual path? Here's our path? discipleship path. Here's yeah. our discipleship path. Right. Here's what we want you to do. Right. Um, straight from Jesus. Doesn't matter <laughs> orthodox or yeah. progressive or whatever you Yeah, call we're pretty yourself. sure these are the way you grow as a follower of Jesus Christ. Yeah. So get in and start doing one of them. Yep. But Okay. Again, sorry, I made that sound a little more snarky than I wanted it to that's be. That's okay. So that's all right. I guess I'm that's sure my you'll heart. Be lo- snarky heart. I bet you'll transform to loving heart when you meet with this person. Yeah, no, today. no. I'm, I'm, it's, it's all good. It's all good. So our three so. core strategies to focus on the outsiders, the unchurched, the de-churched, create a great weekend experience, and then challenge church people with a clear discipleship path. So those are our three core strategies here at Nativity, we believe, straight from Jesus. Um, And so we are going to take a quick break, and we'll be back, and we'll dive a little bit deeper into each one of those strategies. We'll be right back. The Rebuilt Field Guide will lead you and your leadership team through assessment and goal-setting exercises that will help you revitalize your church. The workbook offers practical steps that will bring your team together so that you can affect change in your parish. If you know your parish needs to change or want to introduce the principles of Rebuilt, but you don't know where to start, the Rebuilt Field Guide is the perfect resource. You can order the Field Guide from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and at Ave Maria Press. Hey everyone, we're back on the Rebuilt Podcast where we're talking about our three core strategies here at Nativity. And um, we said that those three strategies are to focus on outsiders, create a great weekend experience, and challenge church people with a clear discipleship path. And so we're going to jump in to uh, the first one of those, focus on outsiders and just go a little bit deeper there. Tom, what does it mean to focus on the outsiders and why are we so focused on them? What about us in the pews? (laughs) (laughs) I think you kind of already answered that, but well, I think we need to be reminded. We need to be reminded of it. Um, And and, and I think it, it brings life to the parish and vigor to the parish. That's been our experience that Mm. the reality is when we get more insular, Mm -hmm. it brings deadness to the parish. Yeah. I mean, what, what is about the dead sea? We saw that happen. We have evidence of that. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, the analogy always used in church circles is the dead sea, right? Mm -hmm. That the dead sea is taking in, but not giving anything out. Um, and, And that's really kind of an idea for service. But I mean, I think if we are not looking outward, and how we're impacting the community and helping people outside the building, then, and and focused on people that are outside and not in a relationship with Christ, we become dead inside. And so that's why we constantly need to be looking outside and look beyond ourselves to the people who are not here if we're going to be growing healthy churches. Um, and so, we, you know, we, we stole this from North Point. We want to create a church unchurched people want to attend. Because it forces us to open ourselves up mm-hmm. um, 
to serve other people as a church. And so um, how do we do that? Well, I mean, a couple things here, and we're going to go deeper. We're going to do the next podcast on this, but just kind of laying it out for people. Number one, um, you know, to, to focus on the outsider someone, you want to need to create a ch- on church, create a church on church people want to attend. So we need to have an irresistible environment, especially on our weekends. And we'll come back to that in a minute. Um, okay. But I, basically, first of all, so backing up even more, we want to create the right culture as a parish. Right. That so often I think in parishes hear about evangelization that becomes a program. It comes like, okay, mm. well, we're going to put somebody in charge of that. Or we're going to, mm-hmm. we're going to run this program. And no matter right. how good your program is, if your church culture is not accepting of people that are not Christians right. uh, of, or of newcomers, it doesn't matter. They're going to be repelled by the culture. Right. And, and culture of, is just, culture is tough. I mean, it's just it, culture. How would you define it? The way that we behave in general, the way we behave as a church? Um, yeah. I mean, I think it's, we talk about in our book, it's like a potent brew of all mm-hmm. these things coming together, the way right. we interact. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just when you step into something, what you feel, what is there. Right. What's well, the attitude? Yeah. Uh, so we'll come back to this in the next okay. podcast because okay. I, I, I want to look at, I think we want to yeah. delve a little bit deeper into that. But yeah, it, it, it is, but when you step into a, an environment, what do you feel? What's there? Right. Um, I've been, yeah, culture's a great, that's a whole other podcast. Yeah, yeah, that'll be the next, that'll be our next, that's the May podcast, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, and, you know, but here's an example, though. We see it in little anecdotes, right? So in the mm-hmm. book, we talk about the story Father Michael says about come Easter Sunday one year, and a woman comes in at 1025 for the 1030 Mass, mm-hmm. and she can't get a seat. Of course not. It's Easter Sunday. <laughs> it's Easter Sunday. <laughs> and she's here every week and says, "Why? Are, what are all these people doing here? Why are they here? And she gets annoyed and angry that she can't have a seat right. on Easter Sunday. Because they're in her seat. They're in her seat. And then she rips up her check and walks out the door. Oh, my. Is that a true story? Uh, yes. I think <laughs> I can't validate it. Michael said okay. it. So I, yeah. I agree. Yeah. It's true then. Um, versus uh, an example we just talked about in our staff yeah. meeting um, this past Easter uh, we even with the new building, then we had video venues. Yep, I was serving in the our theater, which is our old sanctuary video venue, and it's like ten thirty three, and our parish council president comes right. into the door, and, and I the say, sanctuary's full. And yeah, and I like say we're not even letting anyone in. Yeah, there. I said Jeff, I'm sorry, there's no more seats. There's no, yeah, the sanctuary itself is full. Even this next video venue is full. Right. And I say, Jeff, I'm sorry. There's just there's just no seats. He's got his family He's got with his them. family. Yeah. yeah, and I'm just a friend of mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, parish. So anyway, he wrote another note and had written a note before in an email that I had that I had to respond to him. And I just said, hey, Jeff, I'm sorry you guys didn't get a seat mm-hmm. on Easter Sunday. And Jeff writes back, my family is the last family that needs a seat. I'm just so happy to see the parish full mm. like that, you know. Um, and Jeff was a big supporter. I mean, both a parish council president financially given to make this building happen that he helped pay for. And he can't get a seat. And he it. can't get a seat. And his and attitude, he loves it. Yeah. And his yeah. attitude is not. I can't get a seat. His attitude is, oh, I'll, I'll take that every time. I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, that's the, and again, that's your leader, but that's the culture you want to that's be building in which it, people yeah. see it at full church and aren't like, right. what are these people doing here? And we create that culture. We got to form that culture. is where it comes from to begin with. Yeah. That's right. We got to shape and form that culture, mm-hmm. which we'll talk a little bit more in the next, next podcast. Okay. Um, and there's three ways and we'll, we'll delve deeper in these next podcasts, but I think number one, we got to make it personal. Right. That if 
if we want a church in which people are welcoming to unchurched, and if it's not a personal vision that we carry as leaders, then it's never going to get caught by anybody else. Mm-hmm. You're never going to form that culture unless it's what you want to see happen as a leader. Right. Um, second, we got to define, we say define the unchurched person that we know we want to reach Timonium Tim, Right. that unchurched person in our community, and then fashion a weekend experience that promotes evangelization. And we'll, Again, next podcast, we'll go deeper in all three of those things. But that's some thoughts on how we create that kind of culture. Okay, that's great. So that's focus on outsiders. Let's let's jump into our second core strategy, which is to create a great weekend experience. I mean, that does seem kind of obvious. It's about the weekend, stupid. (laughs) Um, But what does that look like to create a great weekend experience? I mean, it's mass. It is a great experience. What, What do we mean, create a great experience? Well, the mass is great. The mass is perfect, but it's not always a great experience for people. Mm-hmm. And the reality is, if you're well-formed in your faith, and, and the, this is the problem that comes with people who who are Catholics and well-formed in their faith, and they know the beauty of the mass and it's mm-hmm. perfect worship, and all those things we believe, Yeah. but the reality is, if it's disorganized, and if the music's bad, and then, you know, we'll get into that, the message is terrible, and mm-hmm. the... Um, There's kids screaming everywhere (laughs) and people scowling at me Uh because I'm in their seat or whatever. That's not a really good experience. Right. 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 And so we need our efforts to show the perfection of the mass. Yeah. Um, You know, one of the things to point Mm -hmm. out, you know, in in Colossians 124, Paul says, I am making up for what is lacking in the sufferings of Christ. Well, what's lacking in the sufferings of Christ? Nothing, of course, but he leaves room for us to suffer along with him. And that mm-hmm. makes, that builds up the church. Well, in the same way, what's lacking in the mass, nothing, but Christ leaves room for us to bring our energy, our efforts right. to the mass to show its value to people. Mm-hmm. And so again, the three pillars we talk about are wow. music. You should say that again. You should write that down. <laughs> why do you, why? I just, I've never heard you say that before. And, and, uh, uh it's just profound. I mean, like uh, we get, uh, Sometimes we get criticized for the way we do the mass or the way that music, the way we do the music or things like that. Sometimes people don't like it, but the way you just said it makes so much sense that Christ has left room for us to show the perfection of the mass already. Like some people would say, what's wrong with the mass? What's wrong with the old hymns? And nothing. Right. Nothing. But there's room for us to reach out to these unchurched people. There's room for us to try to show them what we value. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, and I think even, you know, we talk about music message and ministers just from the very beginning that we have volunteers giving up their time to help with parking, right. to help with greeting, to yeah, help just with... just that shows we value them. Yes. Yeah. And shows, okay, other people care enough about what's taking place mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. Mass to give up their time to right. support it and show its And they importance. don't know that yet, the the unchurched, and we'll get into more of this again later, but they don't know, they don't know that yet, but we're starting to teach them, right? Like... The Timonium Tim who walks in the door, he doesn't know how important Mass is. Yeah, right, how important the not. Eucharist is. And sure. he might not for a year, two years, or three years, but you just begin teaching them with some of these features of the irresistible environment. Right, and you're subtly communicating that. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't think they can articulate that Good after stuff. the first time Good here. Good stuff. So, and again, for, it's the core experience. It's the engine that drives the church. Mm-hmm. Again, for the weekend experience, again, as we said earlier, 80 to 90% of your people that experience your church are going to experience it on a weekend. Mm-hmm. So for the unchurched, based on that experience, are they going to come back? Right. Is this worth any more of my time? Mm-hmm. And for the people in the pews, if we want to get them on a discipleship path and get them to do more than just showing up for mass on Sunday, 
well, if you don't honor my one hour on Sunday, why should I give you more of my time to serve, to get in a small right. group? To... Why would I want to be here for two hours or three hours? Right. Yeah. So that's just, it's the core. It's the engine. All right. We got to move on, I guess. Okay, great. So the final uh, core strategy is to challenge church people to take ownership of their faith. And this seems tricky to me if we're trying to reach out to the unchurched. But then, you know, we don't want to challenge them too much because that would turn them off. How are we challenging church people to grow and take ownership of their faith? What's that core strategy look like? Well, I, I mean, again, we say two things. Number one, take ownership of the mission of the church to go and make disciples. Mm-hmm. And this is where these go together. You're separating them. But the reality is evangelization and discipleship go hand in hand. Right. And that's, that's why I, all the time people make it sound like, well, you can do evangelization, or you can do discipleship. And I want to be like, no, no you do both. And yeah. in fact, if you're really doing discipleship, you will do evangelization because one of the things she just said was go make disciples. Right. In other words, reach the unchurched or, you know, we wouldn't say unchurched, but the lost that leads to people who don't know about me. Mm-hmm. And so that's part of disciple. discipleship, simply doing what Jesus told us to do, right? right I mean, right. becoming more like Jesus. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's discipleship. So people want to separate those two. But so want to take ownership, though, of reaching the lost, of the mission that God gave us, but also of our own personal faith that... You know, so much in the church, I think the old church idea was it's the priest's job to make me a disciple. It's the priest's job to feed me. Uh, going back to Ed right. Young, one of the early things he had, like, he talked about how he brought like a baby chair up out onto the stage at his church. And, and this is Texas, so he's kind of bold okay. and braggadocious <laughs> like this. And But he, they brought out, and he's like, feed me, feed me. Oh and my. like, you know, like yeah. a little baby. Yeah, and that's yeah. how we got so many baby Christians that are like, feed me. You know, it's the priest's job yeah. to feed me. And yep. our job is not to make, to feed people like little babies. In the beginning, if you're a baby Christian, mm-hmm. we got to spoon feed you. Sure. But at some point, our job is to make it, you're a self feeder. You know, what kind yeah. of parent has it so their kid's, you know, 15 years old and still needs <laughs> to give them baby food? Can't, you know, you know, Paul even says this at one point, right. you know, you guys should be further along in this. I'm giving you mm-hmm. spiritual milk and you should be eating steak. What's yeah. going on? You know, <laughs> our job though is to lead people to that point yeah. where they're taking ownership of their faith. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things, and we'll, we'll get this further pack for the, for the, the podcast, a different podcast is again, reflecting on your own experience and what's got you to this point, mm-hmm. what's made you a disciple to this point, and then replicating that for other people. Although I think there's some things missing in many people's lives that we would talk about in our steps that, right. you know, for example, I don't think a lot of people talk about tithing and giving as I've gone and talked to parishes and like, okay, reflect on your experience. And I'll ask groups that, and no one ever says tithing and giving was huge. But if you read the gospels, it's pretty important to Jesus. Yeah. Hmm. There's one example anyway. Okay. So, all right, great. So, um, those are our three core strategies. We're going to come right back and wrap up the rebuilt podcast with you in a moment. The Rebuilt Parish Association provides resources and advice to help you rebuild your parish. Included in membership are resources for student programs, children's programs, and small group materials. Also included are homilies so that you can easily do message series that match the liturgical year. Father Brian Mason from St. Mary's Parish in Hales Corner, Wisconsin states, We based our homilies over several weeks on the Expect Miracles message series and never in 23 years of preaching have I had so many people talking about the effects the homilies had on their lives. Go to RebuiltParishAssociation.com to learn more about how the Rebuilt Parish Association can give you the resources and content you need to rebuild your parish. 
Welcome back to the Rebuilt Podcast. We are wrapping up this podcast where we've been talking about our core strategies here at Nativity. We want to focus on outsiders. We want to create a great weekend experience, and we want to challenge church people with a clear discipleship path. Those are our three core strategies, and we're going to talk more about each one of those in future podcasts. So, Tom, what can we do to start thinking about those three core strategies? Yeah, I just think to start evaluating yourselves, how, how does that fit into your parish right now? Mm-hmm. And then maybe just as a, one action step is rank your church in order of best to worst. Mm-hmm. You know, what's number one? Is it, you have a great weekend experience. That's number one. Second, you have a clear discipleship path. And then third, you focus on outsiders. Most likely somewhere, probably the focus on outsiders is number three in a lot of places. Yeah, that's a tough one. It's a hard, it's a hard one to keep up there. Yeah. Just rank yourself. And then what's one thing you could do to improve each of those areas. And we're going to come back in in next month and we're going to look at focusing on outsiders. And then I guess that would be then in June and July, we'll look at the other two as well. Great. Sounds good. Well, thanks for joining us today on the Rebuilt Podcast. Tom, would you pray for us? Uh, Father, we just, we thank you that we get to serve you. And we thank you, God, that your son made it simple for us, that it's just love you and love others. And so, God, please help us with all the complexity of the church, all the things we've got to take care of. Help us to come back simply to make disciples and to focus on how you are calling us to do that. We pray this through Christ our Lord. Amen. 